This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in, we're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Brother Tommy, Shannon Davis, good morning, good afternoon. How are you doing? How's it going over there, my friend? Super blessed, my friend. I'm in the middle of moving, and I'm in my office here with four wheels. All right. (laughs) Do you need more time, or are you ready to go? Nope. Ready to go. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Brother brother Tommy, thank you for making yourself able to come on and bring the word. And uh, we're excited to be here, folks, again, with Evangelist Tommy Hollihan. Brother Tommy, do you want to open us up in prayer? Absolutely. Amen. Greetings, everybody. Father, we do thank you. We praise you that you love us so much, Lord, that you died on the cross for us while we were yet sinners. How much more, Lord, do you have you shown it all to us, O oh God? And we give you the thanks this day. Touch our folks out here in Radio Land. I pray for the touch of the Holy Spirit, that they will sense, Lord, your presence, your might. You're right there with them, Lord, right there with them. You'll never leave us, never forsake us. And I'm asking right now that a felt touch of the Holy Spirit be upon every person listening right now. Lord, your word says that they, he that is saved has the witness within himself. And we're asking now in the mighty name of Jesus, devil, loose anybody out there that's bound any dis, uh, distractions. Uh, Lord, let them just receive whatever you got to say today. Uh, never mind, Brother Hollihan, but Lord, you speak today, and I give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name and for thy sake and glory. Amen, amen, and amen. I say amen to that. Brother, that's a powerful opening right there. Take it away. You got all the time you want. Well, first off, we do want to thank our brother Shannon. What a what a precious, humble man of God, a warrior for God, and we just, we thank God for you, my friends. We do. Well, those of you out there, I've got a bunch of things that I feel that, uh, yeah, that are on my heart that I want to share with you. Um, I think it's very important, friends, that we get a biblical perspective uh, as best as possible. You know, the Bible says we see in part, right? We know in part. But the day that we the Lord comes for us, we're going to know everything perfectly, and we're going to see everything perfectly. But while we're on this earth, even though we study prophecy, even though we live in prayer, even though we do what we do here, we still are only to see things uh, a little here and a little there. So we have to be uh, asking ourselves, Holy Spirit, 
show us. And every time, you know, friend, I pray that, show it. He just tells me this. He said, Tommy, didn't I tell you over there in Luke 21, over there in Matthew 24, what did I tell you when the signs of the times? He said, but I told you the most important thing is be ready, that you live a life ready. You're ready. There's nothing between you and your Savior. You're, you're right with the Lord. Yes, we're going to have our struggles. We're, we're going to go through things uh, as Christians and followers of Christ. But uh, I tell you what, friend, we just know right now that we can live by the grace of God in a place that is condemnation-free, not conviction-free. Hear me now. I'm going to pray a special prayer uh, somewhere along the line today, and I'm going to call out that devil of condemnation that is trying to rob God's people. We're not going to allow that in the name of Jesus Christ. See, that condemnation will try to get you down and where you're no good. You, you blew it too many times, and you're not as good as other people. Well, you know, if other people only knew what was in my heart. Let me tell you something, friend. God is not the author of condemnation. There again, he will convict. He will bring discipline when we need it, but he does not condemn us, you see. He said to the woman caught in adultery, wasn't a rumor. Okay, it was she was caught right there, caught in the act. And well, you know what the Lord said, he stirred around to those fault finding Pharisees, and everybody's got them. I know I'm surrounded by them sometimes, and they want to point to your failures and your shortcomings and what you did 10 years ago, 50 years ago, what have you. But I love what Jesus said. He said, well, if you're without sin, you go ahead and the sinless people here, you go ahead and pick up the stones and start flinging them at her. And I love what it says, beginning from the oldest to the youngest, they put their stones down. You see, friend, the longer you live, the older you are, the more you will have accumulated so much in your life that needs to be forgiven. That's why the oldest put their stones down first. They said, we're not without sin. And then the youngest that were there, they put theirs down too, because everybody's got sin. We're born with that curse of sin, you see. So here's the thing, though. Jesus looked, he said, hey, uh, where are your accusers, woman? She said, well, Lord, I don't have any. I love what he said. He said, neither do I accuse you. Listen now, brothers and sisters, neither do I accuse you, you see, but uh, neither do I condemn you, uh-huh. but go and sin some more. No, he said, go and sin no more. In other words, don't go back to that lifestyle of adultery and fornication. He said, but I'm not going to condemn you. Now, hear me out on this, friend. I want to. I just feel the Lord, and I open my mouth. I say, Lord, you got what I got to say, because anything Brother Hollihan's got to say, I've been preaching 47, 48 years now. I say, God, let my opinion die and let the Word of God come forth under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, though, I might add, because it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. And I want you to know this while I'm preaching right now, yokes are being destroyed, yokes of addiction, yokes of depression, yokes of confusion, yokes that are bounding you, binding you by the authority of the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost. It will not stand. I drive it out of you in Jesus' name. Go! never to come back again. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for that, oh God. Now, this morning, I want you to say this right where you are in Radio Less. Say it out loud. Lord, come on, say it. Lord, I thank you that Romans 8 and 1, say it, Romans 8 1 says there is therefore, that's it, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. Listen now, 
you're in Christ. He was condemned already for you. He was beaten. He was spit on. They took us back off with a, a Roman uh, whip. They, uh, they, they put a bonnet of thorns, one-inch long thorns on his head, and beat it into his skull with what would be comparable to a bat. It was called a reed. And then they, uh, they uh, took his back off, you see, and spit on him, ripped his beard out and nailed him to that cross. And my friend, listen to me, when all of that he did, he took your judgment in mind. He was condemned on that cross as for any, he never did nothing wrong, but he was condemned for every single sin you and I in the entire world ever committed. Now, when you're saved, he saves your soul. He reaches in and takes that dirty, stinking old sinner nature out of you. He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness, and he puts a brand new nature in you, you see. Brand new. But we still got that old mind and way of thinking, and we spend a lifetime renewing our minds through the Word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost, see. But now is what I want to say to you. You cannot walk in condemnation. I don't care how many times you fail God. Get up right now and say, I'm in him. Well, if you're in him and he was condemned, how can you be condemned? There's a baby inside of a woman. Uh, that baby's in the woman. Wherever that woman goes, the baby goes. Well, my friend, you are in Christ right now at this moment. He was condemned and resurrected for you. You're resurrected. You're seated with him. You died, you rose, and you've ascended with him. Right now, vicariously, you're in Christ. So right now, you shake off that condemnation. You say, hey, I'm a born-again believer of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to start taking steps today. Baby steps, maybe, but steps, steps toward him, my friend. This is an hour, and this is a day where you want to be very, very close to the Lord. We are right there where the prophets have spoken. I never thought I'd live to see this day, friend. I never thought I'd live to see the day that Israel was surrounded by the nations like never before. You can't compare this to 1973. This is much different, and it's heating up, and we need to be very near the cross. Well, you say, preacher, I've been hearing them talking about World War III, and are we going to die? Listen, friend, I'm looking for the coming of the Lord. I'm not looking for a hole in the ground. I'm looking for a hole in the sky. I'm getting ready to go up, but I'm prepared. We've got to go through some suffering, and we've got to go through some things while we're on this earth before the coming of the Lord. So be it. I'm ready to go, and I'll see you here, there, in the air. But I'm not really sure. I want to witness right now, bring as many people as I can to Jesus Christ before that trumpet blast. If you're listening to me right now out there in Radio Land, and you've never been saved, now listen to me. I didn't say join a church. See, I didn't say that at all. You can put a pig uh, in, in a tuxedo. It's a well-dressed pig. That's all it is. See, religion will just put a, a nice coat on you, you see, but it doesn't make you saved. Joining the church doesn't make you uh, born again. But if you've never been born again, you've never met Jesus Christ, I mean, friend, where you've met him, glory to God, and he comes inside of you, and you're, whoo, you know it. You say, how am I going to know it? Well, because the Bible says you'll have the witness in yourself. How could you fall in water if you've never been in water? Somebody go ahead and push you in water. You just come out of the water and say, I'm wet. Well, how do you know you're wet? Because I'm wet. You'll know you're saved when you're saved, because the power of God will be living in you, and my friend, you will be saved, and you'll know you're saved, and you'll want to kiss goodbye the things of this world. you love the things now of God, the people used to mock and make fun of. Now you've been born again, you see. And so now hear me well. I don't know why I'm saying this. I don't want to go up on a tangent, but I want every one of you out there that you've never been saved. You've never been born again. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this message to receive Jesus Christ 
as your own personal Lord and Savior. Maybe mama got it or daddy got it or your friend got it. It's time for you. He's calling you, friend. He's calling you in. Now, over in Psalms chapter 1, uh, 2 rather, it tells, I was meditating on early this morning, meditating on that psalm. I'm not going to quote the whole thing, but it starts out with, why is the world raging at God? Why is there such a rage going on today? Why is there so much turmoil? And then God tells us what they're saying. He, said, he says this, he said, they say, that is the world, toward God, let's throw off God's restraints. Let's get rid of this God that makes us uncomfortable. Let's get rid of anything that makes us have to look at ourselves and feel bad about ourselves. And he said, so they're raging, and, and, you, and they're just raging all over. They're raging in New York City right now. People that are doing crazy things, that's where I'm from. They're raging against Israel. They're raging before that it was Black Lives Matter. Whites raging against blacks. Blacks against whites. Then it was up there in Portland. They're raging against the police. People today are casting off the restraints and they're saying, I just... I don't want to be told what to do. That's that spirit of rebellion that was on Satan. I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want this Bible and this. They may not say it outwardly. I never really said that outwardly. But my rebellion was I don't want no religion or anybody telling. That's what's happening in the world today. They're saying let's cast off the restraints of any type of conviction at all of God and and what's just going to do what we want to do. But I've got news for you. Many of us are praying. God is stay saving people. They're getting saved all over the world, my friend. And they're going to be saved. And when the last one that God knows can be saved is saved, he's going to blow the whistle, the trumpet. And the church is going to go up. But right now, it says, you know what God does when he sees these <clears throat> people from other countries? And even our leaders in this country mocking God. Mocking the Lord God. They just mock God, and they're going to do whatever they want to do. If you're a little boy and you want to be a little girl, we're going to give you some drugs that will help you to uh, neutralize your, 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 uh, your, your hormones, and we're going to change you. We're going to help you be whatever you want to be. And if you want to identify as a woman, as a dog, or as a cat, or as a man, they're, they're, that's throwing off the restraint of God, friend. Listen to me. That's what that is. It ain't a Democrat against a Republican. What they're saying essentially is nobody is going to tell us what to do. We're going to be what we want to be. That's casting off the restraints that God talked about over there in uh, Psalms chapter 2. And that's really the heart of the issue, is there's a rebellion in man today from, the, from our government on down like never before that they're going to create their own utopian society they're going to just give forth a, 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 a world where we're free from everything, any restraints, and everybody can kind of just do what you want to do and be what you want to be, and you don't need to listen to anybody, especially some kind of a god or these crazy Christians telling you what's right and what's wrong. So what I'm getting at to you is this. The heart of what you and I are seeing around the world is not political, friend. What it is is it's spiritual. And they don't even know it. There's a great darkness because for many years now, people have heard the gospel, especially in this country. And, and many are hardened against it. They've turned away so many times that the Lord has just said, I'm going to let them go do what they want, just like it says in Romans 1. And they'll, be, uh, they'll have an internal judgment 
You see, Old Testament was all external judgment. In the New Testament, it, it's an internal judgment. He said, I'll turn them over to their own unrestrained sin, Romans chapter 1. He said, they'll be fierce. He said, they'll be high-minded. They'll be truce breakers. They'll hate their parents. They'll hate anyone that's good. Uh, and he glissed a big list there. And see, if it was the Old Testament, God had just sent fire down from heaven. But that's not what he's doing here right now. That day will come in the day of judgment Armageddon. But he turns them over to their own vileness, my friend. But I want to make a point here. I don't want you to be afraid. Listen to me. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. We don't know the exact times or seasons, but I will tell you this. I'm getting as close, hallelujah, to Jesus Christ every day that I possibly can. I really am. I waking up early in the morning. Well, because I got to get my grandson up anyway, me and my wife. But we wake up and I, I want to get in that word immediately, like never before. I want to let it speak to me. You see, friend, when you talk to God, that's prayer. But when you read your Bible slowly, that's God talking back to you. So we want to let that word speak to us as we read it. That's how you get fellowshipping with the Lord. And then you want to have some things you lift up to God in prayer. I don't want to get into all that right now, but this is a time that you must, must, must begin like never before to draw near to God. Hear me out. Why Can you do that? Of course you can. God says, my two things that are going to keep you in the last days, mercy and grace. Mercy pardons you and his mercy is from is from everlasting to everlasting the moment you confess anything in your life that's got to go god forgives and forgets that's one john chapter one verse nine he forgives it instantly and he forgets it but not only that he cleanses you through his grace and when it talks about the blood cleansing you from all unrighteousness that's his grace operating to work in your life, helping you to resist everything that he just forgave you for. And that grace is in abundance. You see, if you got your eyes on you, you can't see it. you got to look up and see a Niagara Falls flowing from the sky called grace. It's rushing at you every day. The grace, the free grace of God. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. Jesus already did. So his mercy, say it right now, those of you out there listening, Lord, your mercy, go ahead, Lord, your mercy forgives me. But your grace, say it, your grace enables me to live, come on, in victory. Amen. Now, that victory sometimes is going to come to you slow, see? Sometimes when you've been doing something for a long time, like you've been a liar all your life, or maybe you're backslidden, now you turn toward God, you're no longer facing your sin, you're facing Christ, well, you'll slip up here and there, see? But the grace of God will enable you to walk totally free from the thing His mercy sets you free from. I am here today to tell you as an evangelist and a revivalist that it is your time to draw near to God, right? James 4, 8, draw near to God, right? Turn that devil vision, I mean that television off, and it's time to draw near to God. Don't you be sitting there for hour after hour watching the news, whether it's Fox News or Fox Nation. Listen to me, friend. That stuff will put nothing but fear in your heart. And you'll think the only answer for America is Trump or another Republican. Listen to me, friend. When you look at that TV, all you're seeing is the effects of the rebellion of Psalms 2. And I do want to see God's man 
the, to rule this country, whoever that man might be, that God would put his man in the place of power. But I had a lady send me today, she said, well, when Trump comes back, everything's going to be all right. No, friend, that is not the truth. I said, when Jesus comes back, and you don't spell his name, T-R-U-M-P. Now, I thank God for Donald Trump. He stands for many things we stand for, and he did a great job with securing our country and our borders, and, and I'd love to see him back if he's God's man for this hour, yes. But if not, God's got somebody else that's standing up, and I'm going to stand with whoever God's for in this hour. And I can bet you one thing, it'll, it'll be a conservative that stands up for what we believe in. Now, having said that, again, I just feel an urgency in my heart to say to all of you that are listening, draw near to the Lord, draw near to the Lord, draw near to the Lord. Are you with me out there? I hope you are. And uh, you watch what God's getting ready to do. You know, the Lord put some things in my spirit the other day, and I wrote them down for all of you here. Um, and I want to just share these things with you because we, uh, we do live what is known as a faith life. It's a faith life. And we have to live our lives by faith. Often faith is a, a belief before it's a fact. And we'll say that again. When God convicted me 50 years ago as a teenager of my sins, I didn't feel anything while the preacher was preaching. But when he said, if you're tired of your sin and you want Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior, he said, come on up here. Well, I went up. And when he looked at me and said, son, do you know that you're a sinner? I said, probably the best one out here. And he said, well, do you believe Jesus died on that cross for your sins? I said, I do. And when I did that, he prayed with me and I followed him in a sinner's prayer. And I was miraculously miraculously born again. I mean, God came through the ceiling of that little church and filled me. I walked out of there as high as I've ever been, not on dope, because the only dope being smoked was me, not not on any kind of drug or drinking. I was full of the Spirit, and I knew I was saved, and I knew it. I, I got saved. I got really saved. But here's what I want to say to you. Listen, friend, I had to walk by faith after that, and you and I have to walk by faith. And what is faith? Let me say this to you, and I want you to listen real carefully, and I want you to ask God to do this for you today. Faith is actually a grace that God gives you the moment you're saved. Say what? It's a grace. It's a supernatural quality to trust the Lord. Let me go back to this. Before you were saved, you might have believed in God. You were in pretty bad company because the devil believes in God, too, but you never had faith in God. Faith comes to you the moment you're saved. It is a substance that God puts in you, where you suddenly say, say what? I, I, I'm gonna, I, I believe God now for my life, my finances, my wife, my kids, or whatever it is I'm going through, God will take care of me. And you begin to rely on the Lord. You begin to learn how to trust. You didn't have that before you were saved. You had beliefs. Yeah, I believe God's up there somewhere. But when you're saved, you get a supernatural substance that's placed inside of you, where you begin to trust the Lord. Now, I'm going to build on this. Old brother Peter over there in Second Peter, he said that you and I have received a similar or a like precious faith. He said this now talking to believers. He said, when you're saved, he said, you, Peter said, you got a faith that's the same kind of faith that Peter said I got. Now, let's talk about Peter's faith. How much faith did he have? Well, he had belief, but he didn't have faith till he was saved. 
you're talking about how he'll he'll serve you. I'll serve you, Lord. I'll serve you. You know, these other guys here, these guys, they're, they're going to leave you, Lord, but not me. <laughs> oh, no, Lord. I'm special. See, well, you know what? A few days later, Jesus went ahead and visited him on a beach after he had denied the Lord three times. And he cussed out at Jesus, too, cussed out his name. And he went back, they went back to fishing, and, oh, man, and the Lord showed up, and, uh, you know, he didn't say, hey, Peter, I told you you're no good. No, no, he was cooking some fish there, and he had made them breakfast. You know, Peter was feeling real bad. Don't forget now, the last thing Peter said to Jesus was, right before the betrayal, he said, uh, hey, these guys can all forsake you, but not me, Lord, I'll tell you, I'll die for you. <laughs> he didn't. He ran, and he, he, he denied the Lord. Now, watch this. Jesus showed up on the beach, and he started cooking them up some uh some fish, see, some catfish, well, probably not catfish, but, uh, and he looked at Peter, and he said, uh, Peter, do you, uh, you love me more than the rest of these guys? He brought him right back to his pride, right back to his failure, not to condemn. He said, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? And Peter said, yes, Lord. And Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. Okay, and Jesus wasn't done yet. He said, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? See, he wants to know, are you still operating, believing that you're better than everybody else, Peter? He said, Lord, I, 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 I love you. You know I love you. Finally, the third time he broke, he said, Peter, love us, tell me more than this. He said, Lord, you know everything. That was a beautiful thing. He said, that was because that was an admission of confession. He said, oh, Lord, you know it all, and you know everything. You know I love you, but, boy, I'm not everything I'm cracked up to be. Listen to me. When Peter got saved... Well, I want to say full of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Hear me out. You didn't see any more of that double-mindedness in him. You didn't see any Peter denying the Lord after that. Oh, he wasn't perfect. But you didn't see any of that behavior, if you will. You saw a man standing up on the day of Pentecost in front of thousands of people and saying, quoting from the book of Joel, this is that. That was spoken by the prophet Joel. Who is this man, Peter? My God, he's preaching under the power. What happened? He got like precious faith when the Holy Ghost came in him. He got a conviction that was supernatural of the invisible world. He got a conviction of Jesus he never had before. He got a conviction of the Word of God he never had before. He had boldness he never had before. It's called like precious faith. That's right. It's right over there in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And believer, if you're listening to me right now, and those of you that are not Christians yet or followers of Jesus, you're going to become one before we get off this program today. But you're going to receive, those of you that are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, you have living within you a wonderful thing. It's called like precious faith. Like, pre and it's precious, hear me. If I was to send you a 10-carat diamond in the mail, you'd get that thing and hide it and look at it with your friends and, oh, Lord, we got to get us a vault and put this in a, that's precious. It's pre that ain't nearly as precious as faith. You say, well, I got heirlooms in my house. Well, they may be nice, but that's not as precious as your faith. You say, well, I, 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 somebody left me something, and, 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 and I got that in a uh, safe deposit box over there at the bank. And that's pre no, that, that, that is not as precious as what you got the day you were saved. Hear me now. You got precious faith. It is a divine quality, a divine quality that God places in you where supernaturally you begin to trust the Lord. You begin to say, God, 
I, my life's God's now. I can trust him for my marriage. I can trust him that we're in the last days, but God's going to be with me through all of this. I trust him. I haven't seen heaven, but I know I'm getting up there. That's a precious faith. Now watch this. That faith can grow and grow and grow and grow to where you actually begin to live every moment of your life. It takes time to where you're actually living by faith. I mean, you get up in the morning, Lord, I just thank you today. I'm just going to be a blessed day. You're taking care of my business, taking care of my work. My kids are in your hands. Glory to God. And you, you, you begin to grow in your faith. See, but I want to stay with me because I, I didn't even hit, hit my message yet. I, I think I'm speaking here again tomorrow. I'm not sure. And, and Wednesday, it'll do whatever Brother Shannon tells me to do. But stay with me what I'm about to tell you. It says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, that in the King James says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that mean? That means this, that that supernatural faith that he put in you, you say, I don't feel this. It, it, it's in you if you're saved. I'm going to teach you how to let it grow. But that faith that's in you, it's a substance. It's a divine quality that he put in you. It's a substance. We're, we're, I'm going to say this again. It's the substance of the things that you begin to trust God for that you know are yours because the Bible says so, and you know other things are yours because the Spirit has witnessed it to you, and the Lord began to confirm it. Let, 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 now hear me on this. That faith that is in you is a supernatural, precious quality that believes God when you can't see it, you can't feel it, you can't taste it, but down inside of you, you know that you know because the Holy Spirit is in you and he is strengthening that faith in you to believe God for the very things God wants you to believe him for. And there's an excitement. Let me give you a little understanding of what I'm talking about. Back when I was young in 70, oh, I want to say 76, 77, um, my wife and I, God rest her soul, it began to stir in us. It's, we had a great business going, but we were started getting an excitement in our hearts about, about having a ministry. And, I, and, and we'd pray and pray, and I'd get excited. I could see myself preaching, and I could see souls getting saved, and I could see God, people getting set free uh, from sicknesses and disease. I could see a church being born. But we were, we were broke, not broke, broke, but we, we didn't have a whole lot of money. We lived in a little one-bedroom cottage on Adirondack Drive there in New York, and, and we, all we had was God began to work in us. And we, we, we began to sense in us that something was going to happen. We were going to, going to have it. Now, I didn't read in the Word where it says Tommy Hollihan will someday have a church of thousands, but God began to work it in me. I could get excited. That's a living faith. It's precious. See, and I didn't try to convince myself. In fact, I tried to get away from it. I said, God, i got a business here, and I'm doing fine. But it wouldn't leave me. You see, whatever God wants to do in your life, it won't leave you. It'll begin to grow in you like a baby in a mother's womb. And, 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 and so I, I began, we began to get excited. I began to get excited. And I knew that. And I said, okay, Lord, I just can't contain this no more. And I started out. We put a couple of flyers in people's mailboxes and back in 76 or 77 and letting people know we were having a Thursday night Bible study. And uh, I'll tell you, a grand crowd of nobody showed up that Thursday night. I think it was me and my wife. That was it. 
But I say, I see that was it. It wasn't the Lord. Well, I, all week long, that faith was precious faith. Kept coming to me. Oh, don't quit, Brother Tommy. Don't quit. Don't quit. I, I, it was growing in me. I couldn't see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. But I knew inside of me. You see, faith is a substance. Hear me. It's the substance of the thing that you're hoping for that becomes, if you stay with it, the evidence of the thing not seen. You'll have the evidence soon if you hang in there with what God's telling you. Now listen carefully. I put those ads out the next week again, little ads, shouldn't say ads, they were little bitty flyers. We put them in people's mailboxes and what have you. And that next Thursday, boy, did we have a crowd. It was me, my wife, and my (laughs) mother-in-law. That was it. And I got discouraged. Oh, well, you know, and I just try to, like no, uh, Jonah, try to run away from the Lord. The Lord would let me go. That faith, that, listen to me, friend, precious faith. It's got to be more precious than your money, more precious than your kids, more precious than your ministry. It's got to be more precious. It's precious. Peter called it precious. Is your faith precious? You've got to guard it. You've got to protect that faith. You've got to feed that faith. And that faith grows on the Word of God, and it grows on fellowship with other people, and it grows through prayer, and it grows and it grows and it grows. Hear me. This is an hour. Jesus said, when I come back, he said, I only went looking for one thing. Read it over there in Mark. He said, will I find faith on the earth? This kind of faith, persevering faith. And that's why I'm here to tell you by the word of the Lord today, I'm trying to build your faith and tell you what's going on in the inside. Never mind what's happening around the world. We're praying for Israel. We're praying for everybody. But I'm talking to you right now as an individual. I want to encourage you, encourage you. Now, listen here. So anyway, we kept feeding our faith. And I said, Lord, I'm done with this ministry stuff. I'm a young businessman, and and I just signed a contract with Hallmark Gifts. And they were putting our uh, the stuff we were making in, in, in their stores. And I said, well, I've finally made it. I'm going to do it well. And you know what happened, friend? We started keeping those flyers going, and people started coming, and people started coming, and people started coming. And pretty soon, we outgrew my little one-bedroom bungalow, and my mother-in-law opened up her four-bedroom house, and we had church in her living room, and that went on for several months till we outgrew that. And then a Mennonite brother said, I got a little white church over here on Rustic Road. He offered that to us, and we, that living faith was now growing. We were seeing people saved and delivered and addicts coming in. God can do that for you. God may not be calling you to a ministry, but whatever it is that the Holy Spirit wants to birth inside of you, it may be a wholesome family. It may be you and your wife getting along as one. It may be praying through and helping that rebellious teenager. It may be coming out of poverty. It may be your health that you need to keep trust in the Lord for. Uh, As we get older, we get our aches and pains and our things we got to do. I don't know whatever it is in your life, but God's precious faith is in you. And even when you hear a somebody like me, and I'm a nobody, friend, listen to me, I'm a nobody telling everybody about somebody that can change anybody. But when you hear the word of God preached under the anointing, it will quicken that faith that is in you to believe God, to believe God, to trust in him again. Now, so maybe you're not praying for a ministry or God doesn't call you to ministry, don't matter what he's calling you to do, but 
uh, he will certainly cause that faith that's of God. This is not just, I believe the Bible. No, no, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a living, precious faith that you get si- excited on the inside. God's beginning to nurture something on the inside of you. You may be getting reconciled, and you were, you were separated from your wife, and now you guys are beginning to talk things through, and you're meeting with a pastor, and, and, and you're feeling that bubbling inside of you, and, 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 and you know that you know that in you know her, God can put you back together again, no matter what this one says or that one says, or maybe you once walked with God and you fell back and now the Lord's drawing you back and you say, could I really walk the way I once walked? Yes, you can walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Why do you think Jesus said, return to your first love over there in Revelation 1? He said, I know your works, you Christians, and you got good Bible knowledge, he said, but you fell out of love with me and it's time to come back. Yes, the Lord can. Oh, I feel the power of God on this right now. I want you to say it out there in Radio Land. Come on, square your shoulders and say it with me. I say it. I have precious faith. I've got a precious faith inside of me that's growing. And that precious faith, as the Holy Spirit nurtures it, your mind will be delivered from fear, anxiety, and worry. Those are the three devils of the last day. Fear, anxiety, and worry. As the Holy Spirit grows within you and he he quickens that light, precious faith, it pushes out all of that stuff in you. So as you continue to draw near to God, you see, he's going to simply begin to fill you. You say, well, I have to follow that faith. Yeah, you need to follow faith. It says that over there in Hebrews 6.12. And Hebrews, the sixth chapter, talks about following faith. The faith of God, that is, not just claiming things that you want to believe. Now, if it's in the Word, you can believe God for it. You can trust God for your healing if it's in the Word. You can trust God to take care of you financially if you're willing to work and do what He tells you to do and be faithful. You can trust God for a good marriage. Not a perfect marriage, but a good one. If you'll be willing to go to the Word of God that gives us the pattern and begin to do and obey by grace what the Word says, you can see it. You'll grow into it. You'll agree, hang in there. You'll grow into it. But here's my point right now. I just am trying to get something across. I think the Lord's trying to get across to you all. The faith that is in you is precious. Listen to me, friend. When that faith began to work in Noah, there wasn't a boat in sight. It had never rained. All he's seen was what he's seen. And by the way, as we, my wife and I, uh, God rest her soul, obeyed God back in the 70s, when we just had about 50 to 60 people coming, we stayed with it because the God, the Lord God was quickening us and moving in us. And lo and behold, a revival broke out in New York, made the front pages of the New York Times, front page living section of the New York Times. They showed the revival right there. And in the next 20, 30 years, thousands came, not hundreds, but thousands came marching through and got saved, delivered, set free. Hallelujah. And amen. And the devil, glory to God. He had us outside having a heart attack and, and a uh, over all of that. But you see, where did that all begin? It didn't begin big. It began small. That precious faith that God's gotten you right now. I want to challenge you today, challenging you today to believe God to cause your faith inside of you. He put it in you when you were saved. That like precious saved faith to begin to grow in you, and you'll you'll you'll, you'll think differently. You'll act differently. You'll smile where you used to frown. 
You'll talk positive. We used to be negative all the time, walking around. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, I just think everything went wrong at work. No. Well, God begins to work in you. I, you're with the same employees at work, the same people, but now you got a living hope that says, you know what? God's going to touch them. God's going to deliver them. You begin to talk faith. So, But listen to this. Do you think Noah saw, or do you think Noah had no problems, no battles? What do you think the devil's after in your life? Sending was after in, 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 uh, in, in, in excuse me, in, uh, in, in, uh, I just had my neighbor walk across here and got my mind off something up, poor old lady right now, glory to God. When Noah built that boat, friend, he was challenged. See, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, Satan's call asked three times. He wants to sift you like wheat. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. What, what? That your faith doesn't fail. He knew Peter failed. But he said, I'm praying for you that your faith don't fail. Here's what I'm praying for you. We're going to all go through things. There's times we fail the Lord. But I pray right now that your faith never fails, that you're able to get up and say, if God said his word, I can do it, then I can do it. I can do what God says he said I can do. You, we don't want your faith to fail. It's what the enemy is after. He wants to steal that beautiful, precious faith and get you to be a doubter as you're saved, a saved doubter, a miserable, you're saved, but miserably saved, living in unbelief. Miserable, just living in unbelief. I don't know what happened. I don't think God loves me. Shut your mouth, devil. He said, I love you. He loves me whether I feel it. It's real, and we're going to ask God to quicken your faith today. This is a revival message today. I'm here right now to revive you, to revive you. I could talk about the sociological problems we're facing today. I could deal with the political climate. I could talk to you about how all of this began years ago with John Dewey and talk about how we got here through radical egalitarianism and pre present to you an educational understanding of how we got where we got today uh, and what the Great Reset Movement's all about and how they meet over there in Davos and what they're trying to do to our country. But that ain't going to build your faith. That's just all things that are happening. I'm here to build your faith in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. I'm building your faith so that you and your home can have the joy, the power, and the presence of God to make it to whatever we've got to go through. We're going to need faith, living substance in us. Just like Noah. He, he, he said he'd start working in him. God began to speak to him. He didn't hear an audible voice. He just began to know what is nowhere. The world is full of violence. Look what's going on. And it began to work within him. Build a vessel. Build a vessel that you can float in. Build a vessel I can float in. I, 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 that's not. And he kept going. And it kept growing in him, just like your precious faith is growing. He calls what Noah did. It says, by faith, Noah built the ark. By faith. He didn't have a diagram. God didn't sit down and say, now here's, he, by faith it came into him. Hallelujah. And I believe God began to confirm that thing in his life, see? And he began to take steps to, to put that boat together. Now, here's what I'm saying to you. I'm not a person that's always saying, God's got great things for you. Listen to me, friend. It's great enough that you've been saved. You're not going to hell. You're going to heaven. If God never did another thing for me, that's great enough. It's great enough if you just, if you, if you just say, Lord, I want to have a godly life and live godly and live holy before you. And I want to bring my family and be a witness to those around me that are not saved and a witness to those that are saved, oh God. That's a great thing. You don't have to preach to millions of people or go around the world the way I've done to do anything great. A lot of men of God have done that, women of God have done that, and lost their families. You can do everything right where you are. If you are working a job, that's a great thing. You can do it in the joy and in the power of God if you'll learn how to nurture that like, beautiful, precious faith 
that is in you right now. You know, if you continue to read over there in Second Peter, he said, therefore, add to your faith virtue. That means character. And add to your character, and he goes on. He says, add to your character endurance, and add to your endurance, you know, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, start showing acts of love. It all begins, though, with faith. But, you know, you just don't get saved and sit there and say, that's it. You know, I'm saved, and I, I just glory to God. No, we have to, we have to nurture, the, see? We nurture the way you nurture a baby or you nurture a plant. We nurture our faith. Because our faith wants to start taking on a dimension of Christ's character. But that's, that's for another day. I just want to get this message really across to you. Do you feel in your heart the Lord bubbling up on the inside of you? Do you feel God stirring inside of you? That's that beautiful, beautiful, precious faith that God is putting in you and that he's quickening. You see, we're not going to have any more Ishmaels in our life. Listen to me, friend. We got a problem in the Middle East right now because one day a woman got in her head that she needed to help God. Sarah, old brother Abram's, Abraham's wife, got it in her head that I guess we need some help. She took a look at herself in the mirror, took a look at her husband one day, said he's too old and I'm too old. And, and I guess this faith thing just ain't working and I'm getting weary. She, hey, brother Abraham, what is it, honey? Go on over there to that new good-looking maid we got, and you're going to have a kid with her, and that's how God's going to do it. Listen to me, friend. God does not need any help. Ishmael was a product of self-effort, unbelief, and trusting in self. Did you hear me? We birth Ishmaels in our life. Because you know what happened? She, he went ahead and slept with that maid. He never should have done it. They had a baby. That's the father of the, of the whole Arab nation today, Ishmael. That's where all this trouble come from. And here we want to tell you this. When you birth an Ishmael in your life, you'll have to clean its butt the rest of your life. You'll have to take care of that Ishmael. Ishmael is anything you do that is not birthed. I, I, anything that you do, and you're doing right now, in your own energy, in your own power, and in your own self-effort, without the help of the Holy Spirit and a life that's close to God and a faith that is constantly being stirred by your pastor or by radio shows like this if you don't have a pastor or by you reading that word or praying in the Spirit. Listen to me. Self-effort was the, is the greatest thing that keeps people back today from operating in where God wants them to be. The whole problem with the Church of Galatia he starts after the church of Galatia, Paul, and says, who put a spell on you? Who has bewitched you? This only what I learn of you. Having begun in the power of the Holy Spirit, will you now be made mature by your own self-efforts? He calls it the flesh, your own self-effort. One of the great dangers of many Christians is they start out seeking God, going to church, reading their Bible, staying on fire, staying close to God, and then the enemy gets them away from that, the fire begins to get dim, the fire of God begins to get low in their life, and suddenly it's all operating in the flesh. Now i got to do this, i got to do that, and there's no more of that joy of the Lord. How do you know that, preacher? I've been there. I've done it, done it. We've all done it. But I'm here right now to tell you we ain't got time for that no more. We don't want to be walking in self-effort. My, my, my relationship with my wife is not self-effort. 
it's born out of the spirit. We feel his joy. We seek him. Even when it's hard, we, we sometimes have to grab yourself by the scruff of the neck and say, you're going to pray there for the next half hour. You're going to lift up these things to your children, your grandchildren, your needs to the Lord, your nation, your world. Amen. I don't let that flesh dominate. I don't let my old nature tell me what I'm going to do. No, sir. I will not live a life as a Christian on this earth controlled by what I want to do, what I think, and my energy, uh-uh. It's by, that's what we call the living alive by the power of the Holy Spirit as he quickens that living faith in our life, you see. Listen, friend, we have to be, uh, to, we have to be uh, he, as I said, she looked at herself and looked at Abraham and said, I better help God out a little, and that's not faith. See, what God says, listen to me carefully, if God has put something in you, See, he's speaking to me right now. The last year, he's been nurturing a new ministry in me. I haven't talked about it because it's growing in me like a baby. It's a new ministry that will touch the world. And I haven't spoken about it. I'm not going to speak about the details right now because the Lord's been trying to, is nurturing it in me. And everywhere I've gone, he's pulled men of God and women of God who come out of me. They don't even know me. That'll say words to me that have no idea what God's been saying to me on the inside. And that stirs me. And it stirs me, because here's what I want to tell you. If God, faith in what God says, and what he's saying to you in your spirit, will always bring God's will along with God's provision, and it always leads to God's glory. I'm going to say that to you again. True faith in what God is saying, in what God is quickening on you on the inside. True faith, that precious faith. In God says, uh, God it will always bring you into God's will. Watch this, along with God's provision, and and it'll always lead to God's glory. Always. That don't mean it's not going to be battles. That don't mean you're not going to have your days where you feel down in the dumps. And it seems like, God, what's going on? Because remember Abraham after he had the ish after he had he had the slept with his with Hagar and they had the Ishmael and you know, friend, he, that kid was uh, about a teenager before they finally got it right, and they had the baby together by faith. Remember, they came together, Abraham and Sarah, in their own old age, and they had finally had that baby. But by that time, they had fought a lot of devils. Listen to me. You need to toughen up. I want to strengthen you in your faith. Stay around people that speak faith. Get around Christians that believe God, even if it's a little group. I don't care if you're 10 or 10,000 that you're meeting with, but if it's stirring you up, and you're feeling faith come alive, keep yourself. I put things on television all the time, preachers that stir my faith up. Or I'll put out Google on brother, sister, so-and-so, and it stirs me. The Word of God, reading it and let it read me, that stirs me. Praying in the Holy Ghost stirs up that precious faith. That's really what I wanted to say to you today. That's really what I wanted to deliver you today. I've got a lot more, but I'm not going to speak anymore. I want to pray right now. Excuse me for you. I don't want you ever to feel that you don't measure up. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me. In many things, we all we all offend, says James. He said, we all have our shortcomings and our failures. That's why you need the help of the great Holy Spirit. He helps you to overcome that. He quickens you. And I'm going to probably talk tomorrow with Brother... Uh, Brother Shanahan, yes, when I'm on here next, 
Yes. But I will talk to you about 21 things the Holy Spirit does in you. Oh, listen to me, friend. Jesus' work is done. He sat down 2,000 years ago at the right hand of the Father. His work is finished, right? He didn't say it's almost finished. He said it is finished. He finished his work, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father, but he sent somebody. He came himself through the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of Christ. He's in you now. And I'm going to tell you 21 things that he does when he comes and what he wants to know. When you hear this, it's going to make you jump. It's going to make you shout. It's going to change your life. When you hear of the present day ministry of the Holy Spirit, it'll change your life. Now, friend, I love you. I love you. And if I love you and I'm far from perfect, I don't even know you, but I love you. Jesus Christ God's only begotten Son issued forth from him, not made but begotten, came to this world, bled, beaten. I was there. I've seen it where he was beaten over there in Jerusalem. I've seen the place where they whipped him. I looked up at the hill of Golgotha and saw where they crucified him. He did it for me. He did it for you. Scarcely can you get a, a man to die for another man, even a good man. But Jesus Christ died for you and me as sinner's friend, cussed and using his name. Instead of using a foul four-letter word, we'd use Jesus' name. We was terrible. You say I wasn't that bad a sinner. You're as bad as, as Hitler. All of us are. We go capable of anything if you're not saved. But he loved you in your sin, and he loved me in my sin. And he went to that cross dying for sinners. And friend, if you're listening to me out there, he is one thing you and I all got in common. We're all born with a nature of sin. It's a disease. It makes you angry. It makes you hateful. It makes you bitter. It makes you lustful. It makes you full of wrath. It makes you doubt. That's what's wrong with you. It's the sin nature. And God says when you're saved, I take it out of you. He reaches in like an old disgusting lung that's full of tobacco and full of cancer. And he takes it out like a surgeon would do and puts a brand new healthy lung in. When you get saved, there's an operation that occurs, he actually supernaturally reaches into you, pulls out the old nature of sin, throws it out, and puts a beautiful new nature in you called the nature of God. You've been born again. There's a brand new you in there. Do you want that right now? Do you want that right now? I'm talking to those of you out in radio land. you want that new nature? Would you like to be born again? And then once you're saved, well, will you be perfect? No, you'll be forgiven. And the Holy Spirit will be in you, changing you if you want it. And you get a whole new group of people along with that. They're not perfect either, but they're going to love you. They're going to pray for you. And you're going to begin a whole new life. It's a walk with God. You're not becoming a religious. You're walking with Jesus. He's going to come inside of you and change you right now if you want it. Those of you in Radio Land, if you want it right now, if you want it, I'm going to pray for you. Those of you that have been discouraged, you quit praying, your faith has gotten low. I'm going to pray with you also that your faith will grow. Get ready. Those of you out there that have been maybe backslidden, you fell back, and you're not everything you once were. Today, not tomorrow, today, you're coming back, and God's going to begin to help you to take steps. That's called obedience. 
steps by grace toward him again. You're going to feel that fire and that joy. Hallelujah. Get ready now. We're going to pray. Those of you out there, if you're you're driving and you just pray while you're driving, don't have a wreck. But if you're doing something, stop what you're doing if you can stop. Stop it right now. Turn the television off. Stop and listen to me. If you're cooking a meal, step away from it right now. This is an important prayer. Get ready. Get ready. Pray this prayer with me. I want you to say it out loud if you can. If you can, if you can't, I understand that. But get ready right now. You're saying this prayer. Here I am, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of every sin that I've ever committed. I believe that you died for me 2,000 years ago. You took my judgment that I deserved. You were whipped instead of me. You were crucified where I deserved it. You was crucified. You took the judgment of a holy God and you absorbed it because you loved me. And I am free because of your death dying in my place. I am free. I believe that you forgiven me now, Lord. Come into my heart with that resurrection power now. Say it. Come into my heart with that resurrection power that brought you out of the grave. Now bring me through with a brand new nature. I receive the power of your resurrection. I'm saved. Say it out loud. I'm saved right now. Not by what I've done, but by what you've done. I'm saved by your grace and your goodness in Jesus' name. Now, those of you out there that are saved, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, my precious faith, that beautiful faith that you've given me when I'm saved, I want my faith to grow like never before. I now see it's precious. It's what got Noah to build an ark. It's what got Abraham to leave his hometown and start a brand new nation. That precious faith is what closed the mouth of lions in the book of Daniel. And I have that same faith, Peter said. Like precious, say it, I have like precious faith, just like the apostles. Now, Lord, let my faith come alive. Say it, let my faith come alive. Draw me, Holy Spirit, daily to do those things that'll bring faith growing in my life. Devil, say it, devil, get behind me. You're not in front of me, get behind me. Get under my feet. I'm set free, and I'm beginning a brand new walk with Jesus Christ today. Say it, a brand new walk with Jesus. If there's a good church in my area, I'm going. Say it, if there's a good church in my area, I'm going. I'm going to begin to feed my faith. Say it, I'm going to begin to feed my faith and starve my doubts. From this moment on, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I plead the efficacy of the blood of Jesus over every one of my listeners, over the newborn Christians. Fill them up. Those of you who just prayed that prayer to get saved, raise both hands and say, Lord, fill me. Come on. Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That's right. Look up to heaven. Say, fill me with the Holy Ghost. 
There it is in the name of Jesus. Be filled. Be filled with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Those of you that have started a brand new walk with him today, in the name of Jesus, I beat that condemnation off of you. You're forgiven. It's all forgotten. You're still a child of God. Now walk with faith in Christ in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I love you all out there, Brother Shannon. Brother Tommy, what a powerful word today. Powerful. I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow and Wednesday. We're doing a three-day marathon with evangelist Tommy Hollihan. Brother Tommy, what would you like to title the message for the archive today? How to have precious growing faith. I love it. Okay, I'm going to get this up in the archive quickly. Brother Tommy, God richly bless you. That was a home run for Jesus. And I'm going to see you tomorrow. Yes, my brother. God bless you, my friend. I love you. Love brother you too. Shannon, see you tomorrow as well. God bless you all out there. Stop walking by faith. Amen. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Brother Tommy. <laughs> I love you, brother. I'm your servant for Christ. Love you too, brother. It's an honor to work with you. Folks, that was Evangelist Tommy Hollowhan. Did you enjoy that? That was a right now word. Well, if you're just joining us tonight, we had Robert Avila, Betsy Pelletieri, Tommy Hollihan. We're going to take a break, come back, and do one more show. We've got Speak My Word coming up next. <laughs> 